Hello, friends. Welcome back to another session of No Filter. Uh, this is Sly James, co-founder of Wickham James, here with my good buddy, Joni Wickham. Uh, we try to bring you interesting folks uh, to talk about interesting things. Uh, very eclectic, no set agendas necessarily, but free and open conversation about things that may be of interest. And that's what we're going to do again today. Got a little surprise for you, but before we get to that, Joni? Hello, everybody. I am Joni Wickham, uh, co-founder of Wickham James Strategies and Solutions. Um, I get the pure joy every day of telling Sly what to do. <laughs> it is so much fun. Oh, um, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's get it talking. All right. Well, you know, the surprise that we have today is, is that I'm going to be able to ask Joni questions about just about anything that I want. And boy, that's going to be very interesting, probably embarrassing, maybe just a little bit weird. No, but really, I want to talk to her about her book and all the things that she put in it and why she put it in there. Um, one thing that I can tell you, and I, I mean this sincerely, uh, having had the opportunity to work with this lady about as closely as you can work with somebody in a situation, um, nothing but respect. She is a woman who is, in my opinion, a very strong leader in a very quiet way, uh, with a little pizzazz and very calm and I think usually rational thought. Uh, I say usually because there are sometimes and I just think she's out her mind, uh, but usually it's rational. Usually, 95% yeah. of the time. Well, you know, that's 92. your percentage. You get down 90. to the 80s, 87 maybe. 85. Get, get a B plus. You can get no damn A out of me. Um, but Joni is a, is a unique individual, and she's written a unique book, The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch. And I told her when someone suggested that she change the title, I said, if you change that title, you don't have a hair on your ass. And I think she said, well, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I don't. <laughs> so, but at any rate, um, let me ask you some questions here about your book, because I had the opportunity to read it in, in total, but also in segments. And it was interesting, the translation from segments to total yeah. and the flow that was created and the polishing that went on. And having written the book, I can tell you and you know it's not as easy as it looks. No, it is not an easy process. That is for sure. Well, yeah. So was there anything particular about the process that bugged you or, or that you found ex exhilarating either one of those situations? I love to write. It's probably one of my first loves. I have always loved to write. Um, so the actual writing of the book was not the difficult part for me. I think the more challenging part was figuring out how honest, and, and I, I, this huh. sounds weird, how honest <laughs> to be with some of the stories that I use to illustrate yeah. the leadership lessons. Because I could have included probably some stories that are even more um, interesting slash... Descriptive? Yes, yes. Instructive? Yes. Um, illuminating, yes. And embarrassing. Yes, yeah. With names. Yes. But you didn't. I didn't, no. I, I actually like where it ended up. I think the stories that I did use illustrated the leadership and communication points that I wanted the reader to grasp pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you have to go on scorched earth policies yeah. in order to make the point. Yeah, it's not a kiss and tell book. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you didn't work at the White House or anything. I mean, it was kind of like, 
You know, that would have been a place where I wanted to know real stories, real names. Under the Trump administration. Yes, exactly. Oh but, you know, yes. but we won't go there. Yeah. But uh, I do respect that. And I think people who were um, – it, it, and, and I think you told me once that there were people who came up and thought – well, that's me. Yeah, and it was so funny. This is this is a really indicative part of human nature, I think. The stories that I wrote that where the central figure in the story kind of had a negative behavior or something, um, I had people call me and be like, oh, my God, was that me? Were you talking about me? In none of the stories that had a positive slant did anyone say, oh, that was me, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's amazing that – <laughs> that the people who had negative connotations or thought there were negative connotations about them would point it out because at least on the one hand, that shows something that you talk about in the book, maybe emotional maturity and yeah. emotional and intelligence awareness. and awareness. Yeah. You know, maybe they know that's them, but might not have been in that context, but they can point to enough of them in other contexts yeah. where they know. Therefore, your book has value directly to them. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, yeah. On the other hand, all the stuff that I read about me in the book was very good. So I feel great, and I don't bother to do anything at all anymore except keep on doing what I've been doing because I don't need to change. I'm about perfect. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what your wife of almost 40 years has to say about Bless it. Bless his heart. Yeah. Okay. So on page 64 of your book, you write – about leadership qualities, and you suggest three things to your readers. First, get a handle on the type of leader you are. Second, determine exactly uh, what you want to see as a result of your leadership. And third, consider ways that you want to build your leadership skill set. So what type of leader are you? Um, I am a results-oriented leader. Um, I struggle with process. Um, I like things at a fast pace. I like to get things done. And so... It was good for me to have um, staff in the mayor's office and in other offices I've worked in who are more process-oriented um, to kind of balance that out. Well, you don't have uh, the, those staff people here now, and you still got the process issues. So how have you compensated for that? And that's part of the other one. What are you doing to build on your leadership skill set? What are you doing? How do you, how do you deal with it when you know it's a weakness? Um, I, I think my biggest flaw uh, and I have many. Uh, but I think one of my biggest ones, which translates into other things, is I have no patience. I am so impatient. And that's not a good quality for a leader. Um, so I – not always a good quality for a leader. Um, so I have really, in my advanced age, um, <laughs> tried to work on patience. And a big reason why is so that – I can be a good example for my kid um, because I want her to like to see that patience is a real virtue because she don't always have patience. Well, you know, I've always I've always prayed that you would work on your patience because uh, <laughs> I knew it would directly benefit me. Um, but I get it. And, and I think another thing, too, just based on knowing you is that. I think it's easier for you to chart your own path from A to success than it is to have to necessarily be relying on a path somebody else has chartered that they say will get you to the same place, but let's do it this way and you need this person, that person, any other person to yeah. negotiate the process. Yeah. It becomes more complicated. Um, 
<clears throat> now it's interesting because I I'm not patient either. I would say you are probably even less patient than me. No, you're right. I am, and because of my advanced age, it's almost cute. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the old guy gets to walk up and say whatever he wants, and nobody feels bad. He's just old. Don't worry about it. You know, he won't be here long. But at the end of the day, I'm not patient either. But nonetheless, you were able to fill the process hole that I had. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think maybe you're a little better with process than you give yourself. You may not like it, yeah, but that's another one of your skill sets as a leader. A lot of times you do a whole lot of crap you don't like. Yeah, that's true. And a lot of times you do it because somebody else hasn't done it. Yes, or hasn't done it to my liking. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, well. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> hasn't done it to your liking is the general set. And in that group, there's a smaller set that hasn't done it at all, okay? But, yeah, haven't done it. You're very picky. Yes. You know, very much of a perfectionist and an anal retentive being. Yes. Okay. Well, But that works to your advantage, and you're able to package it, and you're able to get things done. So tell me, how do you manage to pull that off and still be approachable? Um. That's a really good question. I know. I ask it. So, <laughs> okay. So I'm approachable. Huh. Cool. Um, I think being an asshole just takes too much energy than what I have. Yeah. It does. Like being negative. You and I have had this conversation yeah. before. Being negative and grumpy and bitter just takes too much energy. Um, so I just choose not to be. Yeah. I think it's kind of like. Getting tossed into a bucket of cold water when you spend time with somebody who's yeah. constantly negative, you know, wakes you right up and you want to get out of it. Right. You know? <laughs> um, it, it feels like your battery's being drained. Yeah. Um, and they never have solutions. That's never, right. Never have solutions. I talk about that in the book too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I read it. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. Um, in some of the later chapters of your book, you kind of take your readers to a workshop. You have a bunch of questions. And mm-hmm. in chapter 11, you say, uh, what factors influence your self image? And then be honest. Now, so I want to take that in two parts. Okay. First of all, what factors influence your self image? Um,. I think Man, that's a really good question. But you expected a whole bunch of readers to answer it. Yes. So get to it. Well, <laughs> I think I think my ability to get things done and get things done well the first time that influences my self-image. Uh-huh. That's one thing. Yeah. What else? Um and be honest. I think my self-image is often impacted by another thing I talk in the book, imposter syndrome, because of my background yeah. and where I came from. I sometimes have to remind myself that where I came from is not indicative of my worth or intelligence or how far I can go. I talked about that in a commitment address last week, actually. Okay, and? And what? What else? Those are the only two things that influence um, your self-image? 
Don't forget, be honest. Man, you're a hard interviewer. Um, what are some other things that influence my self-image? What do you think? Well, I think there's a lot of things that influence your self-image. I think one thing that influences your self-image is the picture that you have in your head from where you were as to where you are. Yeah. Okay? And you're you're proud of that, so that gives you a layer of confidence that a lot of people wouldn't have. You've negotiated bad situations. You come through on the other end. And often when you come through on the other end, you're better off for it, and you're better than the people that you bested. That's one thing I think is part of your self-image. Those are the psychological, intellectual things. Your appearance is part of your self-image, and you pay particular attention to it. And it's not bad. I think it works with you. My appearance isn't bad? Okay, well, that's good. (laughs) Would you like to rephrase that? (laughs) Well, see, it does play a part in your self-image now, doesn't it? No, I meant it's not bad that your appearance is part of your self-image. Right, physical appearance. Right. Exactly right, because at the end of the day, you have an expressive face – that you sometimes can play poker with, but not often. I wouldn't expect for you to make a living doing that. Probably don't know how to play anyhow. But no, it involves numbers. Yeah, you know, it involves numbers and and something that and patience and something that some people might even call a sport. <laughs> right, right, true. But you have learned how to use every tool that you have. You are intellectually sharp. You are always prepared. You have an idea of what success looks like. You have an idea of what's appropriate to say in most instances, and you have an idea of what's most appropriate to look like in those instances. Yeah. So you can dress up, you can dress down, uh, you're not threatening, and you're not cheap. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I think that does. Yeah, physical presence. That's one of the things we talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I simply chose to get more physical presence than than anything else because I figured if I brought a little extra, you know, it would go a lot longer. Does that make sense? (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. Well, so is that it? Have you thought of any other things that influence your self-image? This is going to sound dumb probably, but I'm going to say No such animal. I think – the degree to which I feel rested influences my self-image. And this has really been something that is a real thing since I became a mom, which I bet a lot of women um, I bet. can can um, relate to. When I am, if Viv's been up all night sick or whatever and I'm tired, I just feel like crap. Yeah, I don't feel like <clears throat> working. I don't particularly feel good at my job. Um, so yeah, I would say energy level. Yeah. Yeah. And that changes from time to time, uh, depending on the circumstances. Other times you wake up and you jump out of bed and you're ready to go. Something's exciting is going to happen today, but been there, done that. I don't think that's just necessarily something that's, uh, particular to women. I think men have it too. Yeah. Uh, different reasons, different stimuli, but the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, you have had a unique career. Um, I have seen some of your successes. Uh, I've seen how you operate. I've seen how you manage. I've seen your cupcake. I've seen your bitch. <laughs> Sometimes both in the same day. Sometimes both in the same 15 minutes. <laughs> True. <laughs> Depends on where we were and what we were doing. But be all of that as it may, name me three of your accomplishments of which, accomplishments for, of which you are proud and tell me why. 
I am very proud of the fact that I earned the Mel Carnahan Public Service Award in 2019 um, from Mizzou. I admire him as a leader and as a human. And so just having that type of recognition um, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he was someone that I looked up to um, even before I moved to Missouri. I just appreciated how he did his job. So that would be one accomplishment. Um, I would say that I, I feel like being your chief of staff and being as successful as we were while having a little one at home and not, I don't think, screwing up either one of those, the little one or the job, that's a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dog-ass tired most of the time, but, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of comes with the territory. So I think that's a huge accomplishment. And the other thing that I really consider an accomplishment is I have a really, really happy marriage with yeah. my husband. And that is something that I think a lot of a lot of times we don't give enough credit for. Yeah. When you when you create space to invest in a relationship like that, um, I think that shows emotional intelligence and it carries you when you got other bad shit going on. So I would consider that a big accomplishment too. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um you know, and the Mel Carnahan Award, I think, is particularly stunning because it's not uh, it's not a lightweight award. Right. You know, they don't give one out for participation. Right. Although it did remind me um, that Mel Carnahan uh, and, and I, I, I have a 100 percent win rate in pool against governors. You beat the governor at pool? He's Why the only— Oh, I think it was the other way around. <laughs> I think he let me win, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I'm not exactly sure why, except that he's a, a, a nice guy, or perhaps saw that I needed something, something to give me validation on this earth. Uh, but uh, a great man um, who was himself a, a dedicated public servant with good ideas, uh, who accomplished things for the people he was supposedly serving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you and Fred are certainly a, a, a very happy looking group of people. Um, he has the cutest haircut right now. You have to see it. I'm sure that when I see it, I'll tell him how cute I think it is because we have those conversations. You know, I called him the other day and he was shaving his legs and I thought, hmm, well, what kind of razor are you using? <laughs> Oh well, you know we're close like that, yes. you know. Yeah. But at any rate, um, and and your family has been good, and I know how hard you worked uh, in office because I was there to see it, and and I was also doing uh, the same. And I know how tiring and exhausting it can be, and it just never seemed to stop. But the good news was is that by working together and by having a great team to work with. The things that we were actually getting done were enough energy to power us through. That is true. You know? Yeah. There is strength and success. energy and power in success mm-hmm. and, and working hard, um, maybe sometimes even too hard, with people that you love. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you is is that uh, uh, it taught me a lot about you. It taught me a lot about myself as well. Um, you know, I think the title of the book, frankly, isn't one that I would have thought of because I've never thought of myself as a cupcake. Sometimes the other word, yes, but not a cupcake, not me. But 
and like we say teasingly, there are times when I could see you in the same 15 minutes on one side of the line or the other. Are there ever any times where you wake up and you decide, today's my bitch day, or today's my cupcake day, or as you walk into a meeting, bitch mode? Oh, yeah. If I if I need to be in bitch mode, I have no problem doing that, as you know. Yeah. Um, I think my, like, gravitational pull typically is on the cupcake side. Yeah. For our, towards our previous conversation, that's just kind of how I am. That's my personality. That's what feels more comfortable. But I have no no qualms about going bitch mode if I need to. So tell me, what what are the triggers? Um, I don't like liars. Ah. Dishonesty is a trigger. That for sure. Um, happy to go into bitch mode um, with a liar anytime. Um, I don't like laziness. I think that's really a bad quality to have when you're part of a team. So lying, laziness, um, and no ability to follow through on mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen those things trigger you. Yeah. Yeah. And and the interesting thing was, I don't know what my equivalent of bitch mode was, but I was triggered too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was not a pleasant day in the old officina. Uh, but be all of that as it may. So. Are there times when you know that you have to be the cupcake and what are the triggers there? Because that's kind of my Usual? Stas- yeah, stasis. I don't know that there is a trigger. I think that's how I usually am unless I need to be a bitch. Have you ever thought that you were going to – have you ever thought justified in being one or the other and found out halfway through that you were wrong and you should have switched up? Or you should be, or that wasn't the right way to handle it. You, uh, you've made a mistake in perception. That wasn't the situation I thought. I reacted the wrong way for that situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're all human. Yeah. Yeah. And it's particularly easy, I think, to misread things when you're in an environment like the one that we were in for eight years at City Hall, where you've got a million things going on at once. Um, lots of tension sometimes. Um, yeah, it's easy to kind of get things screwy in your head and not read the, the tea leaves correctly. There are a number of really good stories, concepts, ideas, hints, suggestions in the thin line between cupcake and bitch. Good book, good read, easy read. Uh, doesn't require you to uh, pull up a thesaurus or a dictionary in order to figure anything out. It's pretty much straight up, which is pretty much exactly how you are, which is I mean, uh, interesting. Well, when I wrote the little thing on the back, I said, you know, some people write about what they know and some people write about what they've lived and you wrote about both. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's This book is a capsulation of who you are Yeah, in story mode. Um, so – one thing that you thought about putting in the book, came close to putting in the book, and didn't. Hmm. I there there are several stories um that I have when I worked at the Missouri State Capitol. 
um, that I thought about putting in the book and decided not to because I felt like it would be overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, that place is pretty screwy, mm-hmm. even more so now, I think, than even when I was there. I've been gone 10 years. Um, and it is not a place – it's not a place where um, young women can easily find themselves personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of sexual harassment. Yeah. Lots. And I think that's worse now than mm-hmm. it even was then. Um, it's a it's a tough place to just learn, um, or it can be. Um, I was very thankful that I had great coworkers and, and mentors and, and sponsors um, to kind of help me in that environment. But it's a really difficult environment to operate in, which is sad because supposedly the people who are there are supposed to be serving the community, serving the state, um, helping people's lives be better. Um, now, you and I both know that although a lot of people say that's what they go and they're going to do and that there's a subset of those people who actually try to do it, mm-hmm. then there's a subset of those people who really are dedicated to doing it. And then there's a bigger subset of all that they want to be in politics because it's a place of power and they can see this as a stepping stone to move up to someplace else and they're there to play the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, not always the most sophisticated or enlightened or diverse. Yeah. Um, and because of being told by some number of people, we're electing you, think they're special enough to be able to do whatever they want to do and get away with it. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a woman in that atmosphere. Um, if I did, I'd probably only last a day. I think my natural inclination would have been to kick somebody somewhere. Yeah. Um, and although it would have felt good, it probably would have led to led to me seeing the door. Or beat down, especially if I was a black woman, I might have been shot. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is the Missouri State Capitol, and they carry guns. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So I would imagine that that happened a lot more times than people know about or want to know about or have been told. But that is part and parcel of being a woman in this society, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So as you learn to negotiate that whole stuff, stuff that I've never had to negotiate. I mean, it's not often, but it does happen occasionally where I'm swarmed by women wanting to touch me inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, it doesn't happen often, but okay. it does happen okay. from time to time. All right. Um, and then I wake up. <laughs> God. Oh, Lord. But, but, but yet and still, that wasn't enough to drive you out of the political arena. You stayed there for a long time. Right. Okay, why? Um, when I was an intern in my teeny tiny hometown newspaper – uh, my editor sent me, ironically, to cover uh, the city council there. And when I walked in, I was 20 years old, I think. When I walked in, no, I was 19. Yeah, I was 19. It was my freshman year of college. When I walked into that city council meeting, there were seven older white men there. This is rural North Carolina. Circa 1999, I think. Yeah. Um, and in that time and place, that is what leadership looked like. Mm. Uh, and so I saw that that site, and it didn't sit well with me. 
And I listened to their conversation, and they were trying to fill an $800,000 budget gap. And for a tiny town at that point in time, $800,000 was a huge gap that they had to fill. So these seven older white gentlemen were sitting at the table trying to figure out what they were going to do. And one of them said, well, why don't we just cut this program here, this Weiss program? What is this Weiss program? And nobody knew. None of the city council folks knew. None of the staff knew. No one in that room knew what this Weiss program was. But I knew what it was. It was WIC, Women, Infant, Children, <laughs> WIC. And I knew what it was because of my background, um, being raised by a single mom, living in a tiny trailer with my grandparents and my uncle. My mom, my uncle, and I all shared a bedroom together. Um, and if it wasn't for that program, I wouldn't have had food, shelter, clothing, or access to high-quality pre-K. And so that truly, like, total bitch mode there. I, I, I was, there was no part of Cupcake in me there. And I went back to my editor, and I told my editor, I was like, you're not going to believe this. They zeroed out the WIC program, so they're not going to get federal funding, and they're not going to have a local match completely zeroed out. Do you have any idea the impact this is going to have on this county? He was like, yeah, that is terrible, but you're on deadline, so just go right about it. Hmm. And so it didn't sit well with me, again, hmm. results-oriented, no patience, that my only role in the system was to write about a shitty decision after it was hap- after it had happened. I had no role in, like, changing that decision, making it better, anything like that. Um, and so throughout my career, anytime I had to deal with BS, I go back to that moment, and it reminds me of why I do politics and policy and, and work in government. It's because of that. Because if, if the only people who have a seat at the decision-making table – uh, look a certain way and have a certain background and perspective that is only going to hurt the communities around them. I'm with you hundred percent. So you're not in government now. So you're doing things. Yeah. How do those things move that needle? I love the work we do um, with United. We helping women's economic and civic leadership. Um, I love working with she should run and helping women thinking about running for office, figure out what that leadership journey looks like. I love the work that we do in education. Um, the, the fact that my mom had the foresight to make sure that I had access to pre-K something no one in my family has ever had. Certainly she didn't. Um, it was huge. Mm-hmm. And like you, like I'm a living proof of what education and a good start can can do to change somebody's life. Um, so I I think we've often said that you don't necessarily have to be in office or in government to make an impact. Um, and I definitely agree with that and love love all that we're doing with our with our firm and our clients to to do good stuff. Well, I'm right there with you. We've had uh Good clients, good success, good projects, and all the things that we're doing do have a public impact. Yeah, it does. And um, it's nice to still be able to get some things done like that and to recognize why without all the trappings, nonsense, and bullshit of politics. Yeah, amen to that. <clears throat> well, we're about done, but I want to tell you, uh, for those of you who are listening who have not picked up the thin line between cupcake and bitch, I really urge you to do so. If you're male – Give it to read it first. By all means, read it. Uh, and if you want to impress your female partner, if you have one, or your male partner, if you have one, 
before you give it to them to read, make sure you highlight and underline a few passages so it looks like you actually did something, okay? <laughs> All right? But pick up the book. Johnny Wickham is a hell of an author, a hell of a person, and a very good friend. So uh, we're out for the day. Please check us out. Reach out to us if you'd like for us to come speak to your place, your group, what have you. We like to do things together so you get a little bit more interaction that way. And beyond that, check out our website and stay in touch with us. Look for our newsletters. Thanks. Bye now. Thanks, y'all. Bye.